0: Well, hello and Merry Christmas. My name is Dita Randolph, and I'm the lead pastor of Water and Stone Church.
1: And I'm Jenny Randolph.
0: And you are listening to a very special episode of the Water and Stone Church podcast. This is uh, our Christmas episode, and so we normally have a number of segments that we do. People write in and send questions, and we we deal with some of that sort of stuff, and there's a pretty long section where we talk about the things that we're doing in our lives and the things the church is doing, that sort of thing, and we'd love for you to listen to some of the other episodes of our podcast, but it may very well be that this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, so welcome aboard. Uh, today is going to be a little bit special because instead of doing our regular segments, we're just going to be talking a little bit about christmas
1: well, i love that we're going to be telling the christmas story mm-hmm. it's a story that we hear all the time where we think we know um and i think we 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 you know everybody knows the basics everybody knows mary baby jesus you know some wise men some shepherds if you he know, sees his shadow star.
0: you get three more weeks
1: absolutely
0: it, it's i'm joking of course but you get a little bit into it and people aren't sure what happens when and in what order and stuff like that. And so one of the traditions that we're starting at uh, Water and Stone is as part of our Christmas candle lighting service. And a lot of people have a candle lighting service. And for different religious traditions, sometimes they light a candle for each of the disciples, for example, and that's beautiful. But the disciples weren't there yet during that part of the story. And we really feel like This is one of the big things. This is our story, the story of Jesus, and we're Christians, kind of a big deal. So we wanted to be able to tell the story as it appears in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. That's where you find. You have to kind of put it together to get it in order, but this is a generally accepted version of the story, and so we thought we'd tell the story and pause here and there to talk about what things mean. Now this is very similar to the story that we'll tell during our candle lighting service but as part of the candlelighting service we kind of have to go right through it and light candles there's not a lot of time for discussion and things like that so in a way this is a supplement to what we're doing
1: i was gonna say if you're planning on coming to our candlelighting service this is going to be a really good precursor for you to listen to know what the symbols mean take to, a little bit deeper. to know the story again like i said we think we know the story and we do. We know the, basic, the basics of, the, of Jesus being born. However, it's really nice at least once during the Christmas season to go back and really do a refresher, really know what the symbols mean, know what the story means to us and, and the impact the story has on our lives. We read the Bible allegorically, which means it's a book of symbols for us. And so I think it's really, really important to know what those symbols mean and know how this, it can be used in my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing to tell the story of our hero and what happened to him and the story specifically of his birth. And we believe in the historicity of it. We believe that there was a, you know, that Jesus existed and all of that and still exists in our hearts. But that's kind of the point. It's wonderful to have a, a story of history. And we celebrate that great story of our hero, but it's better for that story to also, not instead of, but to also live in your hearts. And if you want to read along, this uh, the, the nativity story occurs in the first and second chapters of Luke, and also in the second chapter of Matthew. And there's a little piece we like to read at the very end that's actually from Isaiah, from the Old Testament, and that's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, but we'll get to that. That's the very last passage that we read.
1: So let's go ahead and get started with our first piece of Scripture and get started with this beautiful story. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus.
0: When we get started, we're sort of setting the scene. And we'll talk about the angel in just a moment. The, at this point, the, the focus for us is really on Mary and Joseph. And once again, just as you said a moment ago, Jenny, it's not just that we're celebrating this history story. We're also celebrating the qualities that these characters represent in us. And so Mary and Joseph, in different ways, represent courage and receptivity. The courage to leave behind the old ways and the perceptions you might have had about yourself and all of that. Think about the fact that the angel didn't appear to... The, the queen of something, a rich person, the, you know, a governor or something like that. Mary was, by outer appearance, nobody. And that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point of all of this. And as we know, showing up with child and having that child not be biologically related to your husband, kind of a problem. It's a little bit frowned on now in the 21st century. But at that time, man, oh, man. This is a very, very big deal.
1: Well, Mary's courage is so important here. And I love the line after the angel says, okay, this is going to happen. And she says, here I am, Lord. And that is so beautiful. And that's why she represents courage. And so as we go forward in our own lives, it's so important to remember the phrase, here I am, Lord. That I am open, I'm receptive, and I'm courageous enough to say, I don't know everything and I don't have to control everything. And so many beautiful things can be born through you when you take that attitude.
0: The angel shows up and says, look, this is going to change everything. Not just for your life, but for the world. Now, I don't know about you, but, but certainly there are people we know and maybe people we've been who would have said, you know what, not me. Who who the heck am I or or something? Can't do it because I'm not up for that kind of a change. But Mary says, here I am. Now, Joseph, smaller part of the story, but important part of the story, Joseph could have taken off. A lot of things Joseph could have done. Bad things Joseph could have done. But they stood together. And that statement, here I am. Look, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know how this story ends. But, okay, here's the beginning of this story. Being able to say that is the beginning of your journey. And in many ways, the angel is appearing to you right now in your life saying, okay, time for something different. Christmas is a birthday. It's time for something to be born in you that maybe you haven't been listening to so far. Maybe it's time to listen.
1: So a beautiful affirmation that we like to use after this is, Christ is born in me. I believe in miracles.
0: Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. And every one was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. One of the important parts of this story has to do with going back to where you come from. And that's, you know, what we see, you know, he's going back to Bethlehem and all of that. But also metaphorically, going back to the place you were before you had preconceptions about the way that things were supposed to go. The focus in this part of the story is on the manger. The manger represents freedom. The manger represents quiet simplicity. The basic idea here is there's no room for this new birth in the accepted ways. In other words, the the inn, the place that society has created for where you're supposed to go. Man, oh man, there's lots of times in life where there's no room at that inn and you've got to go to a simpler place. The manger is where the animals go, and that's a symbol for getting back to your basics, getting back to your nature, and really going, okay, this is not about how I think it's supposed to work. This is not about how society thinks it's supposed to work. Rather, instead of fitting into the cubbyhole that's been prescribed for me, What's the truth of my heart, of the wild part of me that is untamed? So the first part of our story, the here I am, Lord, is about getting past your preconceptions. The second part, the major part, is kind of about getting past what society expects. The The king of the world, the hero of all heroes, is going to come from the simplest place. And this is important because it comes from the simplest place in your heart, too.
1: Well, I was going to say, how many success stories, not only in your own life, but things that we read in the paper all the time or some some kind of article where somebody didn't do the thing that was expected of them and this beautiful idea came through that changed the world. So many times we hear those stories and we're searching for that inspiration ourselves and, you know, oh gosh, if I'd have just, you know, had that idea. And you have to be open and receptive to it, but you have to get down to the basics. You have to go back to the simplest ways, stop caring about what it looks like from the outside and stop caring about whether people think that you're crazy or not <laughs> because those are when the beautiful moments can, can break through. And so I really, this is, a, this is a time to say I let go and I let God.
0: Yeah, I think to
1: to acknowledge
0: that I think the contract that people get handed is if you behave according to expected ways, you're going to get expected results. But the results, the fulfillment of that contract is you're going to be just like everybody else. And that's just not the truth. So take a minute and get to a simple, quiet place. The affirmation for this part is Christ is born in me. I let go and let God.
1: This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger.
0: Well, obviously the focus for this part of the story is on the shepherds. The shepherds who are out with the animals, in other words, in touch with that simple nature. But sometimes when people say, well, I'm just going to get in touch with my whatever, there's a real passive note. To what they're saying. But being a shepherd means being very active. It means protecting and guiding. It means deciding what you want to have more of and what you don't want. Separating the sheep from the goat, so to speak. Being a shepherd means using the power of discernment. It means care, but care not as a passive thing, but active care. When you love something and you nurture it. And being a shepherd, like being a farmer, has to do with faith. This is what it's going to grow into. And I know that if I do my part, this will grow into something else. So the shepherds represent expectant faith and steadfast care.
1: I was going to say there's a difference between something that we call blind faith. Mm-hmm. You know, blind faith is just, I am just going to be open to whatever happens and, and, you know, and I just blah, 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 blah. And,
0: and it's an instinctive trust and that's fine. And that's fine.
1: Yeah. And again, you're going out into the world blindly and, and maybe not as purposefully, but this is the time that we want to talk about purposeful faith, purposeful action. The idea that we are guiding our thoughts and our hearts into just the right place so that we get all of that negativity out. We get all of that craziness out so that we can really focus on the things that we want in our lives. And it's so important to be on purpose about that, to not just allow, you know, the, the crazy
0: stuff to come in. (laughs) Well, yeah. And this is about just to go back through our story. This is about, the courage to let go of your expectations. This is about the the, the wonder of stepping into something beyond what society expects. But this is also about nurturing that and caring for it and guarding that beautiful love that's in your heart and letting it tell you something. This is the beginning of what faith does.
1: Well, and I love that they say that it's for all the people but it's the shepherds that the angel appears to because they are the guardians. They are the guardians of the and they are the guardians of the thoughts and and the feelings and that's who the angel appears to first. But they're saying, listen, this is for all the people. So everybody has this stuff. But people that are on purpose about this are going to be the first to get it. So the affirmation for this part is Christ is born in me. I see spirit at work.
0: And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among all with whom he is pleased. Obviously the star of this part is the angel, the angel Gabriel. Angels always in scripture always represent divine ideas. I don't want anybody to to imagine that there's this great bureaucracy or hierarchy where God is up in this high office and sends messages down. It doesn't work that way. And this is not about, well, I'm going to start worshiping a bunch of intermediaries between me and God because there's a very clear commandment about just having God in your life and not having layers, so to speak. So we, we don't want to think about angels in that way. Instead, the angel is... God appearing according to what you're open and receptive to. The angel as the messenger represents the, the divine idea, the calling. And you're going to get that calling in whatever way makes sense. You remember earlier in the story, the angel appears to Mary. Now if you know your scripture, you know that the angel speaks to Joseph in a dream. You get the calling according to your receptivity. This is about building your receptivity and when you do, you recognize glory to God, just as the scripture says. In other words, this all comes from a spiritual place. Glory not to, oh, well, it was good planning, and glory not to, oh, well, that was a lucky coincidence. Glory not to human institutions and human conceptions and ego stuff, but rather glory to God. In other words, when you go through this process, you get to the place where you recognize, wait a minute, this is God happening. Right here and right now, I finally got past my stuff and I recognize that whatever else is going on, it's God happening. Well, it's,
1: I always like to think that whenever I have an aha moment, like a a real realization about my life or something that's going on, those are the, those are the angel thoughts. Mm -hmm. Those, it's not some ethereal being that is coming down that is protecting you or guiding you. That's not really how we see angels or how we define angels. I, again, I like to see them as, oh, got it, awesome. That's the angel moment when there is an awakening of your heart, when there's an opening for those divine ideas to come in. And I have had it even where I have had an idea and I have been so excited and so uplifted about it. You really do feel Lighter, and you feel as as though you're lifted. And so, if you can kind of picture that for yourself, again, the ideas of guardian angels and stuff like that, it can be comforting. But folks, it's just that's not the way it happens. But if
0: there's just God and just good, right? What are you worried about? You know, I don't need a guard. I don't need a bodyguard to get through life. Exactly. Jesus didn't have a bodyguard. You know, that's not how this works. If God is, is, about, is everywhere,
1: yeah. we don't need any, any <laughs> kind of distance in between. So, so the next time you have an aha moment or a moment that you feel that prayer has lifted your heart or you are excited about something. Or you
0: just wake up. Or
1: you just wake up, exactly. Those are your angel moments. And I, that's when you can say, praise God, I'm, I'm awake.
0: There it is. And the affirmation for this part is, Christ is born in me. God guides my way.
1: Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
0: This time around the focus of the, this part of the story is the magi, the, the wise men that you think about when, you're, when you watch the nativity Christmas play at the local middle school or whatever. And the symbolism is that they come from the east, just like the sun does so to speak and so whenever you read in scripture that something comes from the east it means it comes from a spiritual place when something comes from the west it tends to mean allegorically that it's coming from a physical place so these are wise men that are coming from a spiritual place and when you come from a spiritual place you can follow the star you see the signs sometimes people look for a sign in a physical place but take a moment and breathe think about where your wisdom really comes from. When you're open to inner wisdom, which is what the Magi, the wise men, are open to, you get the outer demonstration. And the outer demonstration is they see the sign, they follow the sign, here's this baby, and then here's the next step. When you get your sign, be a part of that demonstration. Give to it. And that's why they give the gifts. Now, in general, they represent gifts of spirit. And of course you know what gold is. So gold represents sort of the riches of spirit. The idea that that this can can never really run out.
1: Well and it's also the only precious metal that when it passes through fire it becomes harder.
0: And more pure. And more pure. Yeah and so there's a a beautiful sign of, of the riches and stability of that. And then frankincense represents the beauty of this and it is a beautiful experience. And then Finally, myrrh is a preservative. It represents the idea that this really does last forever. This is something really, really important. Sometimes people go, how come the wise men didn't bring diapers, (laughs) baby food, maybe some toys or something? Because that's what kids and and new parents need and all that. But the idea is that these gifts represent something really important. Something on the inside that comes out. So once again, the Magi represent inner wisdom and outer wisdom demonstration
1: so the affirmation that we take for this is Christ is born in me I take my prayers into action
0: and then finally this is the the piece of scripture from Isaiah that is sort of the beginning of all of this for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father Prince of Peace. This is just the beginning of something very special. Christmas is a time when we celebrate his birth. Although I don't know if Jesus would say that he's the reason for the season. In the same way that when you go to the beach, your car isn't the reason for your journey. Jesus is the way shower. He brings us along. He shows us what to do. But he's not the reason. He's the messenger. The reason is love. The reason is your status as a child of God. The reason is something so much bigger than any personality, no matter how wonderful. The reason for the season is love. We give each other presents on Christmas because we're celebrating the idea that this Christ truth that Jesus was talking about when he said, our Father, is the truth about each one of us. And sometimes it's easy to get... Get mixed up in the materialism stuff, and sometimes it's easy to, to lose the signal for all that noise. But at the end of the day, remember, the reason for the season is the love that changes things. Peace. So let peace start with you this Christmas season. Give from that eastern place in your heart and show people what this looks like when you get out of the way, when you find a way to to defy what society thinks you're supposed to do and you just stand up for that wild part of you that, that you know is right. When you do that, you'll get the message. You'll follow the star and most importantly, you'll give the gift of your presence. You show up in your life.
1: So from Dieter and I and everyone at Water and Stone Church, we'd like to say Merry Christmas. And may the joy and peace found at the manger be yours in abundance this Christmas and always.